This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Seagull Social, Season 4, Episode 27. Um, this episode is going to be terrible, so probably switch off now and only have a good, enjoy your day. Forget about forget about it. Yeah, if you've clicked on this, like fair play because, I mean, we're <laughs> going to try and make this as less depressing as possible because it was tragic last night um, on the back of an unbelievable, an unbelievable way day in Sheffield as well, which uh, we can talk about because that was brilliant, but... Um, yeah, last night was insanely bad, insanely, insanely bad. Um, there's obviously been an absolute meltdown on social media, and rightly, rightly so. Some more than others, um, all in moderation, of course. But yeah, it was just a horrendous night to be a Brighton fan. Going from yeah the euphoria, Sheffield playing a team that's pretty similar level, and then losing, getting battered four 0 Not even losing four 0 getting absolutely battered. Um, Ryan, I'm joined by him, of course, and we've got Adam because Maz is in Cardiff for the darts, which would be great. <laughs> I'm sure he's getting over he's getting over that four nil trouncing quite well. Um, Ryan, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I think um, this can be like a therapy session, isn't it? Because this <laughs> this is horrible, isn't it? Like I, I I know Adam, you disagree with me in terms of the severity of the result, which. I can get to a degree with what we've seen in the past, but I woke up this morning. And I, just, I had that moment of realization. I checked, I, I checked my phone, sort of thing, and I was like, "Oh my god, that actually happened!" Like I thought, maybe, <laughs> maybe it didn't. Maybe I dreamt it. And it was a really bad dream, and we're playing today. But no, no, we lost four nil, two in two minutes, and it was a nightmare from the literally kick off, and the nightmare didn't end, and nothing good happened. So that is my analysis to be honest that's how i woke up and that's how i still feel really and it's now quarter to one this episode is either going to be insanely short because we just don't want to talk about it or we're just gonna really really milk this <laughs> talk about the tragedy that it was um adam what was your take on it because yeah it was horrendous wasn't it yeah i mean it was horrendous you know i think definitely the worst performance of the season the worst result you know it's not going to get worse than that this season i don't think as you guys were saying you know four nil to bottom of the league like fair enough that's pretty awful um 
and yeah, it was more the fact that like within the first minute, the first twenty seconds, like the, the story was just written at that point, and we just gave ourselves such a difficult platform to come back from. And I think that was the thing that irritated me most was like sitting down, ready to watch the game, let's go, and then you know the, the game was over within like you know the first fucking three minutes or something. It was mad when I saw them attacking that that first attack. I thought, oh my god, they're actually going to score here. Just yeah. something about it. We looked all yeah. over the shop and it just looked like it was going to happen. And then the way we conceded just was just set me up. I was thinking, oh, is this actually going to be one of them games? Is this going yeah. to be an Everton? Um, yeah, Ryan, what were your first thoughts when that goal went in? Did you think, oh, okay, we can concede one here. We'll come back into it and still win. Um, to be honest, mate, it didn't really sink in because we didn't really have much time between that goal going in and then the next one. Um, so I think I put I put a tweet on about Lockyer saying it's good to see him back and you know it's good to have a nice little story there and then by the time that I'd done that and it went up we conceded and then by the time <laughs> that I wrote that we conceded again sorry we conceded again so that's that's really how it went so yeah it was one that I didn't even get to process to be honest um, until we actually touched the ball which wasn't for very long either so I don't think we really, um, there's not really much to say in terms of how I felt apart from, wow, I mean, this is this is not for the first time, it must be said, because I think that's, that's my frustration, what we'll talk about in the pod. But I thought, yeah, maybe we are going to go and concede a few here, and, and we did. And to be fair, it's lucky it wasn't more, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, no, I genuinely thought it could have been five at some point. I thought that was that would have been horrendous. I think isn't it five goals when you have to forfeit on FIFA and like run around your street naked? I think that's I think that's the rule. I'm not, oh, is it just no? It's a Facebook apology, isn't it? The five nil. Yeah. Um, so that would have been good to see all the apologies from the players and the Zerbi. Um, <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> it was just apologies. it was just horrendous. <laughs> it was just sorry for wasting uh, your time. Brilliant, yes, brilliant memory. I'm so sorry. And off, yeah, obviously, I didn't go to the game. I don't, we spoke off air. None of us went to the game. I feel bad for the fans that did because not only was it really hard to get to, I think, train strikes, I think the traffic was horrendous. Jack Albion tweeted at one point there were only 11 people in the stand <laughs> before the game, which must yeah, have been bad. a mental sight. And only and five points as well it. you got for that. <laughs> yeah, only five points. I saw a couple of tweets of people complaining about that, saying they should be doubled after having to watch <laughs> us lose 4-0. But... Um, yeah, Adam, obviously, yeah, I think like Ryan said, when the second goal went in, did you, what were you thinking then? You think, okay, maybe we can salvage a draw here or not? Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I actually thought until it was, you know, 3-0, you know, when we were 2-0 down, I genuinely thought we, we would actually come back and win it. Um, I thought until really half time, until after half time, I just thought, because you see it so often with Brighton, they go goal down for them to kind of, and that, that's what kind of kicks them into life a little bit. But it just we we were never any momentum that we would have had in the game. It was all Luton's, and I think we were on the back foot from that very first minute. And I think one one thing I think about this game particularly was I don't think it was massively a quality thing or a tactical thing. I think it was a big mentality thing as well. Like going down two 0 so quickly, I think Brighton just didn't know how to get themselves back into that game. And um, mm. so yeah, I did I did have faith that we could come back and get a result. But I think once it gets to like three and then obviously four, it's just completely out the window. Yeah, it was. And like, I think that second goal was just like a circus act. I, I think Jason Steele yeah. was getting absolutely cooked online, as you can imagine. Because, I mean, both both of our goalkeepers, which is quite unfortunate, have their own sets of haters. 
Um, I don't hate either of them. I think I've I said it when we've done our team of the season so far that I'd rather have the Bruggen in goal. Um, but Ryan, I don't maybe I, you probably don't want to slate him. But what the hell was Jason Steele doing for that second goal? And even the first goal, I feel like you're just. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Verbruggen would have saved that, or any other goalkeeper would have done a lot better there. Yeah, it comes down to a calamity of errors, isn't it? Like the old cliche. But I mean, there was there was um, was it Stupinian got taken off half time? Um, yeah, that was insane. That <laughs> left side just pretty much. I don't know what purpose was thinking for a lot of the game. To be fair, um, and the same can be said with the um, steel moment where he sort of come for it, and he's never going to win that. Ever, ever winning that. So I don't know why he's done that. Um, and yeah, just the the first the first couple of goals were awful. The third goal was just as bad. So I think that's what it was. It was the fact of the way we conceded them goals just reminded me so much of was it Villa and a couple of times we've capitulated now to be honest. And you just wonder what what's going through because obviously they're not bad players individually. Uh, we you know we were really talking about his purpose as being like one of the best left backs in the league a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it makes you wonder: is this just like a mentality thing that when we get hit, we literally we just we almost just switch off? Um, mm. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, it looks like we've never played before. And um, we can go into the situation of the club soon, um, which is just as important as what happened. But at the same time, it doesn't put you in them positions where you're conceding goals as silly as them. Um, but I think midfield has to be looked at desperately because, yeah. I mean, we've said it. I said it on the. I said on the first podcast on this season from the Luton game. Uh, funnily enough, we beat them four one, and I said that that transitional player was just doing us, and I could see them getting us, but they didn't. Um, and from then on in, it's been a similar thing. When we lose, it's the same. It's the same trends, and that's what annoys me more than anything. It's the same thing. You can see with Dunk's face afterwards. It's the common themes that. They're they they're annoying, you know. Those those are what you want to cut out. Um, so yeah. Can you can you imagine at the beginning of the season, someone telling you, right, you're going to play Luton twice, and the aggregate score is going to be five four to Luton. There was no <laughs> way that I would ever have expected that. And I think we yeah, a lot. Of this podcast will probably be us being depressed about Brighton, but and we should definitely give Luton their applause for sure. Uh, we will eventually do that because I want to talk about Robert Rob Edwards soon as well and how good looking he is. But um, Adam, is it a coincidence that maybe our three matches where we have completely capitulated have been, what would you say, Villa, Everton at home, um, obviously now Luton, all three of those games had Jason still in them. Is that just a coincidence or do you think maybe his mentality is affected from his past experiences in Sunderland where Mm. he does get pelters? I think it's an interesting point. I think it's a fair point to raise. I probably don't agree with it. Um, I think... The result last night, there were so many individual errors. I think Steele definitely contributed to them. But it wasn't like he was the only one. You think for that first goal, you know, it was actually gross at the back post. He got bullied for a header. You know, Buona Notte loses the ball in midfield. A ball was allowed into the box way too easily from a stoop. And the second goal, a simple ball over the top. The midfield was caught out. Steele was poor then. So, you know... I think it's it would be a bit you know I think Verbruggen should be starting over still one hundred percent but I think it's a bit unfair if we're saying like you know the common theme here is still maybe it is and and yeah. maybe there are lots of goals that are coming up that he is responsible for but I think if we're looking at last night alone 
I think it was more about, for me, it was more about like the shape of the team. It was about the lack of bodies in midfield. It was about the fact that I don't think that back three really worked at all last night. They were completely cutting us open in those wide areas. And yeah, okay, it doesn't help when you've got a goalkeeper who like can't save a shot is near post. Obviously, that's just ridiculous. But like, I think there was more to it than just like the keeper or like, you know, some one player yeah. kind of thing is stupid, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that it was all down to Jason Steele. I was just yeah, I was just asking the question because. <laughs> but I, I do agree that yes, he could have saved some of those goals in the three matches we mentioned. But at the same time, it mm. is the players in front of him also having a shocking performance, and then it's then down to him to stop them. Um, yeah, I mean it's an errors from a lot, a lot of players, but particularly against Luton, it seemed like every player had a massive, massive off day. <laughs> um, where do you rank that then? <laughs> this is, again this is another depressing question Ryan where do you rank that in our worst Premier League performances is it our worst in the Premier League era not just under the Derby it's got to be it's got to be up there I mean a Bournemouth game obviously comes to mind quickly yeah um, oh, but point. we've had some we've had some shock if you remember them couple of the first couple of seasons God I mean some of the football that was on display there is different level to what we're on now um I mean, how, when I look back on so much of them couple of seasons, I do wonder for the life of me how we didn't get relegated. Um, some of the, some of the goalkeeping errors um, with with Matty Ryan and some of the just the moments we had at the back were just. If you were to if you were to put them into a, into a comedy reel, in hindsight now I'd probably start laughing. The Bournemouth game was was just absolutely embarrassing, but. I've got to be honest, that was as much of an embarrassment as we've probably had, um, you know, because as, as Adam says, they're bottom of the league. Like, it's not like you've been battered by, I mean, Villa, for example, who we know are a good team. Um, and they, they had a bit of a rough night last night too. But um, I think I think it's up there with, with them sort of couple of games, Bournemouth. I think it's definitely up there because because of where we are now, I guess, um, this trumps sort of your more recent ones. I'm looking at your Forests. Forest, I didn't take too much away from because we were clearly tired out. Um, West Ham this earlier this season, nowhere near. This one, this one, because we didn't do anything, which is what annoyed me. Like we didn't even have five minutes where we were good. Like it, you know, sometimes you can take away positives. Probably the only positive you can possibly take away from that is Belabor. Um, but that is it, and that's probably the only time I've been able to say that in the last three or four years. That's true. Yeah, the players are show so shocking that they made Belabor look good. It's insane. Um, sorry, that's unfair on Belabor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. Just gonna pick that up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. He was the only shining light. Like he was a good. He was decent. His cameo for the second time in a week was good, and he's getting close. I'm assuming he's getting his closer to the start mm. eleven. But yeah, I'm not saying. Oh, he made Belabor look good. I'm just saying he was the better of a terrible bunch last night and I'll all admit should, it I'm not being horrible here because I'm very wary of that should though um, should have Blaber come on earlier because I think a lot of people were not just pointing at the players having an off day but deserve not getting the tactics right and then maybe not making changes soon enough uh, Ryan because you mentioned him I'll ask you yeah do you think Blaber should have come on early enough maybe at half time when he dragged off Purvis Possibly. I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? Um, I've got to be honest, probably the one of the worst ones of the bunch was actually probably Pascal, which is which is a rarity. Um, so, yeah. It's classic that. It's Monster literally the same day doubled in with... same day Peter Drury says he's the most underrated player in the Premier League. He has an, he has an absolute stinker. It's just typical. Yeah. yeah. 
shout out Alex Goldberg. But yeah, no, that was yeah. yeah, probably maybe you could say that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, obviously, there's a there's a situation in a football club at the moment that we all know it's, it's very public of of Deserby's need for players and he's right and the amount of injuries we've had is completely unsustainable. Um, so yeah, there's a case that he should have changed it, but also. Can he change it? He said in the press conferences recently that, you know, he has to change formation because he has to. It's not because he wants to. It's because we haven't got any wingers. Um, so there's a lot of variables, I think. Um, don't get me wrong, he's set up wrong. But can he change it? I don't know. If he changes it, we have to bring in some 23s and that risks a humiliation and bad confidence. It's it's tough, you know? Like, with our team, at the, that, that team, as I said on the uh, on the pod the other week, without the the um players that we've got injured is a is this where we're going to be like it's a it's a lower mid table team it's not a europa league side um until we get our players back that's that's what it is so that's what we're going to do and that's that's why we're going to lose games unfortunately mm. seems to be happening quite consistently now have maybe teams found out deserby um the stat that was pretty insane yesterday what someone that tweeted was we have three Premier League wins in our last 16. I think we can talk about Zabi a bit more um, soon. But I wanted to bring up the whole Twitter meltdown. And if you you know, like when you play like bingo, like Twitter meltdown bingo, I think the main one I always get down is, were you there at Priestville? Were you there at X? Were you there at this? Like it's never putting it into context. But I don't know. I think I find that quite annoying now because we are so far past those days. You can't just be like, oh yeah, yeah, but remember... Remember where we were 40 years ago. Remember where we were 30 years ago. We lost X and we were on the brink of extension, extension and all that sort of thing. But do you do you find that annoying as well, that people bring that up and use that as an excuse for losing 4-0 to Luton? I just think we're, we're so far past that now, Adam. Why why is that always a thing that people bring up? Um, sorry, Adam's mic was just swimming underwater in his tears then. Um, hopefully he heard my question, Adam. Yeah. Is it time that we move on from this whole narrative of where you there at X and that sort of thing when when Twitter goes into meltdown? Yeah, I'm, I think that kind of thing's a bit ridiculous. I think there's definitely, I, I do definitely think that, um, I don't know, I personally listen to some fans' views more than others on, on in situations like this. What? It's not really about where you're there back in the day kind of thing, but like some of the reactionary faceless accounts on Twitter, I just don't even give time to. Um, it's hard because I don't want to sound like pompous or whatever, but like, I think if you're not, I don't know, I do think going to games and being a part of it kind of, you have a different view on on the Albion a little bit. And I think definitely that, that rhetoric about where you're there back in, you know, the 90s or whatever, it's just bollocks. Like, you know, you can still have a view on the club <laughs> now. Um, but I don't know. I think I think in times like these, you do get a lot of people going off the handle. Deserbi's this or this player's shit. And it's just like they're not. Like it's it's really not as bad as you're making out. Um, and I think lots of people think that everything should be fine all the time, and like it definitely shouldn't. And I think whilst yesterday was bad, I think it was just a team who in Brighton who you know once teams know how to break them and know how to play against that system, it can be quite easy at times. I think if you're very physical against Brighton, if you overpower that midfield and you get the press right I think you can get into Brighton and I think it's just not much more than that I think once we get players back you know it's very different I think if we do get maybe one player in midfield who can start dominating those difficult games a little bit better I think it's a lot different I don't think we're that far away I'm not sure I agree with like 
um, I can't remember which one of you just said it then, but about how we're maybe like a bottom half side when we haven't got our injuries and stuff. We're not a Europa League side. I don't know. I think I think we still are. Like I think that was that was just a bit of a freak. And maybe that's just the way that like Deserby football goes. That sometimes every now and then you're gonna get back. I'm saying. Mm. The reason I'm saying that is purely because of the squad we've got available, though. Like, I'm not saying, obviously, when we've got all our players fit, Mitoma and Ansu Fati, Adingra, you know, these are these are Europa League quality players. These are, well, probably Champions League for like Mitoma um, and Ansu. But I think the team we've physically got available, like, if you're fielding the likes of Facundo, etc., like, Facundo's a great talent. Great talent, but he ain't gonna. You can't just go and expect him to be in the Europa League right now. You can't expect him to go and do this right now every single week. So that's more the point I'm getting at is that the the team is, if you were to look at it over the course of a season, the exact first eleven that we've got at the moment: Hinchwood, Facundo, Igor, even to some degree because he's not been in the Premier League that yeah, long. Stanley wasn't even in our team last season. He's played European finals, Igor. You know, you look at you got a Stupinian Igor, Van Heckenden, monstrous dunk, gross Gilmore. Danny Welbeck, Evan Ferguson, you still got a lot of quite okay, yeah, we got a couple of youngsters. But there's even a bit of quality on the bench. And I I don't know, I'm not there's definitely a drop off. I definitely agree with that. But like I don't think the drop off's massive personally. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, I don't think it's... I think the the, the trouble is, is that they're not ready yet. Uh, You know, some players aren't ready yet. Like, for example, Belabor isn't ready to just start now. I think that's that's the point. You know, when when you be brutally honest and you look at the teams in and around that level of your Tottenham's, your Villas, your Newcastle's in a completely different stratosphere financially to us anyway. So their their squads are going to yeah. be stronger, naturally. But at the same time, you know, the our, we can't expect our second team to go and compete with their second team every single week because it's just not possible. So that's what I'm that's what I'm more getting at is the is the point we're at at the minute. You know, it's not the 4-0 we shouldn't expect, but I think maybe to some degree we should expect to lose more games than we were when we had a full, squid, full fully fit squad. Just you know, pointing out the obvious in that we've got a weaker team. Um, but yeah, to take away your point, what, what was what was the initial question, Ben? Because I was going to respond to it. Now it's kind of weird. Um, I think it was the Twitter bedwetters, wasn't it? Like people putting into context differently. So you have got some fans that will say, "Were you there four years ago when we lost four 0 away at whatever?" Um, comparing it to that, whereas you can then put you can put a context completely differently, saying, "Oh, we've got a depleted squad." This this is one I kind of this is one I like to hear. We've got a depleted squad with lots of injuries, um, competing in all these different competitions. We've done well in the FA Cup, done well in Europa, won our group of death, 
and to still be in where we are in the league is is brilliant. I think that's context and that I can get behind when I see that on Twitter rather than seeing the living in the past type era. I think that was what the last point I made or question was. Yeah, no, I get that. I think I think I agree with Adam in the sense of, you know, at the moment, if you're at the game, you understand it more because that's just, you know, I could, I've been to the last couple um, in terms of aways. I've missed the couple now and I'm, I'm really annoyed about it, to be honest. So I can't wait to go to another away game. Um, but I think that's, I, not, I don't have as much of an opinion as I would have done if I was there just because I'm not at the game. Like, for example, you're going to have a better opinion than me at Sheffield United because I wasn't there. Um, so I think that you know when you're when you're actually at the game, it's like if you're at a concert, you're going to appreciate how good someone's voice is or whatever. Like it's it's just like that, isn't it? You experience the atmosphere, you experience it firsthand. Sick if you've got like good seats and you can actually watch like the, the football being played, um, and you feel it. So I think that I'm not disregarding people that feel it less because they can't go to the game. That's different. But the people that like you know sort of just bash the players but don't even bother. And, you know, they're just there to just cause problems and keyboard warriors and say steal out, say deserve out. Like, it's just not necessary. And I think that those sort of people don't quite understand it probably as much as fans that are match going fans probably do. But I disagree with the point of you weren't at the Goldstone. What are you expecting us to do? Be born sooner. Like, it's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> and and also, just on that point, sense. like, there are obviously, like, and I'm sure we'll all agree with this, like, there are ob- just to, like, you know, for a bit of a, uh, just to cover our backs. Like, there are obviously some unbelievable fans who are living abroad or can't afford it, who are who are yeah, just exactly, as much yeah. right as anyone else to comment on this mm-hmm. and probably been supporting Brighton way longer than we have. But I think you, you make a good point about that. Like, being there, you do get a, a new perspective, don't you? But that's that's it. Like, I, and that's what I'm sure the fans that aren't able to go to the games, international fans that are watching this podcast right now, would be dreaming to go to a game. And I'm, and I can guarantee you, if you are a match going fan, sorry, if you're an international fan that's watching this right now, and you do go to your first game at some point in the future, hopefully very soon, you will experience it and you will understand what we're saying. I would have said the same thing about any situation live. Watching something live is different. You feel it because you're there. And I think that's what it is. I mean, I'm I'm saying this as someone that hasn't been to the last couple, um, admittedly. And I don't feel it as much. I, I feel it, but I'm not there. <laughs> so I'm not, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's just different. Like when you, um, you know, the, the international fans you've got, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it's it's insane. The, the club's grown to a different different level to I ever saw it going. Um, and I think it's brilliant. So that's mm. that's my point. That you're seeing fans come over now. They wanna they wanna be here. The Japanese wanna come here and watch Brighton play. It's nuts. You know what I mean? So like it's it's that's great. And I think that when they come here, they'll feel it and they'll they'll agree with us. I'll put it into some positives. I think the only two positives I can think of is us losing four 0 Maybe <laughs> maybe Liverpool and Barcelona might think, oh, maybe he's not ready for us just yet. That's a positive for sure. Um, and then I think Adam, you mentioned it on Twitter yesterday, one of your, in your video, um, the bounce back for Palace on Saturday. Um, hopefully, we'll get time to do a preview um, later this week. But yeah, the bounce back for that, surely, surely, Zerb is going to give them a massive, massive kick up the ass for that. Um, those are the two positives I can think of. Um, but what do you, do? You guys have any more positives that the audience would love to hear? I think I think the one you speak about there, Ben, is probably the main one. It's like Brighton's record generally after getting getting a battering is pretty good, and I think the fact that yeah we've got a home game against Palace, it's going to be so big. 
um, you get the sense that like Deserby feels those kind of defeats a lot more than you know. Can't really say this, but I, I don't know how Potter felt. But like he shows that he's a bit more pissed off than like someone like Potter was in those results, um, which kind of gives the fans a bit more kind of belief and confidence that like the, the team's going to come back and that bounce back ability will be there. So I think that is a positive. We got a good record of coming back after. I think that Arsenal game where we beat them at the Emirates was after a bad defeat. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, was that after Everton? Yeah, was it right? Yeah. So I think you know that that's that's a positive. I think you know Belaber looked fairly bright as well a little bit yesterday. Um, <laughs> guess that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most depressing voice I've ever heard someone talk about positives in. As well. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, right, have you got any more positives for us, please? Hopefully we sign someone by tomorrow. Um, you know, there's Brian Hill. There's yeah, Dewsbury Hall. A couple of names. Oh, in not the, Brian Hill. Dewsbury Hall would be fantastic. Not Brian Hill, please. Come on now. You look at our record of revivals. I'm on Brian Hill, mate. I'm I am ready for it. I'm there. Consider count me in. A player that's not wanted by a big six team. That's that's apparently rubbish. A bit like how I was told about Billy Gilmore. A bit like how I was told about Danny Welbeck. I'm ready, mate. These sort of players. Mm. I, I don't know. We've got a revival instinct in us. I don't know if it's a Deserby thing, but a wasteful, a wasteful, talented winger, mate. Look at look at Solly under um under what's his name Deserby. Mate, Solly was the yeah. biggest waste of talent for about three years, and then Deserby comes in, bang, red hot. I, I think I genuinely think that could happen with him alone with an option Money to buy. Thinking. Perfect deal. And if we get Dewsbury or Bosch, yeah, that one I can get behind, but. Only thinking with, only uh, thinking with Hill. Um, yes, he looks like Lewis Dunk with a wink wig, but he also looks like the guy from um, what's that TV? Does show? he? No one said that. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. He looks like that. Yeah, I think I'd never watched that show. Yeah, um, neither, but yeah, I think he looks like that. Um, oh yeah. Also, just think like let's say all our wingers come back. There's so many players that we're trying to fit in this team. That's which what... is that? A cons- is that a concern? Because we, you know, we we seem to think that oh, these players are all going to be back in the next couple of weeks. But if we get Brian Hill, then there's another person that's going to miss out and probably exactly. not get much game time coming to the end of the season. Yeah, you say that, but then look at Julio and Solly. Sorry, Adam, I'll let you follow him from this. But like Julio and Solly are two of our biggest attackers in the last year, and they ain't coming back anytime soon. So I think that's probably more where it's aimed at for me. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose if, like, you know, by the time Brian Hill comes in, which I just think is so funny, the fact you pronounce it, we have to pronounce it Hill as well, Brian Hill. Yeah, Hill. Like English name ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time he would come in, you know, he's probably not played a lot of football. By the time he comes in, he's not going to be up to scratch with Deserby's style of play for weeks. Like, it could be a month before we see, like, him properly in the team able True. to play. By that point, you got your fatties back, and CISO's not far away. You know, I just think I, th- I would be focusing on the centre mid. I just and I know it's easier said than done, obviously, but like mm. I think that would be where my head be at. I really hope we do get Dewsbury Hall. That would be a very, wonder, very good signing. Go on. About Dewsbury Hall, just while you're on the subject, Dahoud today, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the news, but Dahoud looks like he's gonna go, which isn't too much of a surprise, based on what we've seen, based on the fact he hasn't been in the squad for for about a month now. Um, I'd imagine that's a loan to buy. Um, yeah, it is. Leicester's athletic and our athletic being Naylor hasn't ruled anything out. And that's as of this afternoon in regards to Dewsbury Hall. So it looks like it's still alive. Maybe. Maybe negotiations are ongoing. Probably the 
transfer fee is a bit hefty. Mm-hmm. But apparently they've got some problems with wages. They've got some problems with transfer fees. Could we maybe see them cornered a little bit? You know, Chelsea against Brighton-esque, but maybe we bully them a bit into hmm. accepting maybe 30. Would you Would you take that? I, I, yeah, I think I would. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, the reason why I back the Dewsbury Hall transfer so much is because they've been linked with that Inter Milan centre-mid, Senesi or Sensi, for so long. And it looks like they're going to get him, I'm pretty sure. Which, do you think that's the replacement for Dewsbury Hall? Because they've been trying to find... They've been trying to get this guy since the summer, I'm pretty sure. Or at least uh, just at least a couple of months before the January transfer window. It feels like they've been after him for a while, so... That's why I'm confident in us getting. But it'll put them in a really bad situation for summer. That's the, that's the main point because financially they're done. Like they'll they'll get they'll get some fines, I think, or something in the summer. Um, transfer embargoes. They they need to sell someone, um, which is that's why what I'm saying. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying they don't, don't only need to sell yeah. someone if they buy this this geezer. Like I think if they just kept everything as it is, they're fine. Like I sort of feel like I just think it's not going to happen. I know it's not been ruled out, but like it's deadline day today. Mm. Like surely we would be seeing something going on. It's like, deadline tomorrow. day tomorrow. Oh, is it tomorrow? Sorry, right, okay. Yeah. Surely we. There's be still hit- time, mate. There's yeah, still time. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that actually does change things a little bit. <laughs> to be fair, if deadline day is tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I just sort of think. I was speaking to a Leicester fan yesterday. He was saying, you know, the club won't let him go for unless it's like at least forty mil. I mean, I know that's a fan's perspective, but you know, it's always interesting to get that view. I just think, are Brighton really going to do that? And are they going to let a player go, even mm. though, like, if they just kept him in the summer, they'll be like, they're back in the prem, everything's Gucci again. Like, I don't know. I I think we I think there'd be more rumbling on at this point if it was really, really, really in the works. I do we need to that. though? Do you think? Uh, because, sorry, for me, I think we need to. I think it's a necessity for but us to get him of... particularly going into this latter stage of the Europa League. But is he the kind of centre mid that we need? I know we need a centre mid, but like, is he the t- is he the profile of centre mid that we need? From what from people I've spoken Apparently to, they he's an say underrated that he's tackler. To... Yeah, and he's also quite a, a success of a gross. Someone said that watching the championship quite a yeah. lot, which was surprising for me. But is that what we need? Do we need another growth well, at this point, or do we need like a, we a need Suma or a Kaiser? Someone to take set pieces because yeah. we're shocking at set pieces, and apparently Jusby Hall's really good at them free kicks and, and corners, from what I've been told. Yeah. Again, um, you know, I don't watch the championship. Shockingly, I have I spend my time doing other things <laughs> like seeing friends and touching grass. Sorry, um, so yeah, I don't know too much. Obviously, I only know about what I've seen him in the Premier League. <laughs> no, that was harsh. Obviously, I would watch the Championship if we we're in it, which you know, at the moment we might be next season because we're in free fall. Um, no, I've only known from the Premier yeah, League yeah. era, and I rated him then. Like, if if it wasn't for Madison, he would have been their best player the season that went down. Which sounds awful saying the season they went yeah. down, but they were too good to go down, which is why they do so well in the Championship now. Um, I think it. I thought I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to come because. You know, he gets to play European football again. Yeah. Um, we probably won't. Well, mm. at this rate, we probably won't be getting European football again. Hopefully, we do. Hopefully, we get that Conference League spot because that'll be brilliant. Um, yeah, I just think I, I, for some reason, even though like there's by the time this goes out, we've got like 24 hours or less than 24 hours until the deadline. I still think we will get him. Um, right. Look at our previous transfers. Billy Gilmore just came out of nowhere, and I feel like. We are very smart with that. You just see these signings come out of nowhere. Uh, it doesn't. You, we don't have to have Fabrizio talking about us twenty four seven to think something's happening. We just get them done without telling that knob. Sorry, he's not a knob, but you know what I mean. I'd love it if it happened. I would love it if it happened. 
he looks like an absolute player, like a, a midfielder who can score goals, dominate the midfield. I think it'd be brilliant. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money that mm, I agree. January. It is not not for him. It is a lot I think of money. It's definitely worth that just... money by the looks of things. But like I don't know, for January, it's big. That. He's the instant signing, instant impact that I've wanted mm. so, and we've been crying out for for like the past 20 episodes since the summer. Like we always say, great signing, he's plays for the future, but we need someone for now. And he's definitely that player for now. Like yeah. he's 24, 25, isn't he? 25. He's going straight in that team. Mm. Yes, Maddie's that old to be fair because I've, you know, associated to being a bit of a youngster through the Leicester Academy. But yeah, he's 25 now. But for me, it's, I mean, if even if it's not him, uh, maybe we could get one more link, one more um, name to be thrown into the hat. Maybe whether it's Osman as well, the winger. Um, Naylor said it would probably be likely to be a summer deal, didn't he? Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I think I just I, I think there might be one more link just on the back of last night. I can't imagine it's going to be a very comfortable place um, with the Zerbi and Tony Bloom in the same building for the next forty eight hours after that. And um, you know he's been itching obviously for three or four signings. Um, he hasn't got them up to now, um, rightly or wrongly. For me, I just think something should happen to help because it's, as we keep saying, the squad is just so light. The situation that they're in, the, the, the three wins in 16 is literally down to that for me. And, um, you know, the squad's just too light for me. And uh, yes, you say they're going to be back, but they need to get match fit, they need to get sharp again. No guarantee players come back from injury well. I mean, Matoma's now winning. I think Japan are now winning. So they could be even going to the finals. It dingers so, through. I just think, yeah. Dingers through. So, yeah, we've got a lot of fitness to build up for me. So mm. I think a couple are needed before tomorrow night. And I think, well, we'll probably come into the end of the episode. I want to end on a positive, well, funny point and also a negative point. <laughs> just because that's how the way this podcast has gone. And it came from Joe Sayers, our friend on Twitter. Um, and he says, and I think there's some of this I back as well. Like whenever I look at the league table, I think how the hell are we still there yeah. with the run we've been on? Um, just because the points are so tight. And this is why. So he goes, I truly believe our league position has been a total lie for the past four or five weeks, which is funny and also probably true. For, I kind of back that. Uh, we've been lucky to stay where we are. United and Chelsea today, as a recording on Wednesday, are a win Um a win will put us down to 10th with Wolves just three points behind us in 11th. Um, we are two or three games away from slipping far down the table and away from the European spots. I'm sorry if it seems dramatic, but I've come to expect so much more from than from this club. Um, we are victims of our own success, which is true. The expectations will rise, which is why we constantly have this meltdown on Twitter. Um, when those levels we expect plummet, these reactions are justified. I don't know if they are justified. Um, we must do better. I do agree. Um, of course, getting our wingers back will be huge, um, but it seems we will still be waiting for some time for that to happen. Um, me reading that out, Adam, are you worried that we will be slipping down the table soon, or was this just one of our few blips we have under the Zerbi? Mm. <clears throat> I think Joe makes a good point. I mean, you, know, you can't lie with like the numbers on the league. Like that, that is the case, and like I imagine a few more results or draws or slipping up, you know, you could find ourselves in the bottom half. That's fine. That's all right. Like I'm, I, re- I still reckon by the end of the season we'll be in the top ten. I actually reckon we'll probably still be in the top eight. You know, it's moments in time, isn't it? And at the moment, it's looking a bit hairy. But in a month, might not. And I think, you know, the league is really tight. And 
we haven't had the bet you know aside from the cup you know we've not had an amazing run of results over the last kind of you know few weeks so yeah like you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna slip down the table i think we have come to expect more um but i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much there's definitely a point there there's definitely a point there but i don't know i think i, I think we'll still finish between eighth and tenth and personally i'll be mm. fine with that um yeah europe would have been great again but you know, we're going to win the Europa League, so we'll be in Europe next season. <laughs> Give me eighth position, please. I'll, I'll buy your hand off that. Um, right, obviously, Zerbi a couple of weeks ago, or at least a week ago, said that we were going to finish 10th, or that was the objective. From what you heard about Joe Sayers, do you agree with that as well? Do I agree with the point of uh, that this isn't to dig out anyone on, on social media and Brighton scene? I think there's some bits that I do in terms of, I think, yeah, the, the squad. The, the, as I said before, the, the squad's position, but I think it just majorly discounts from the club situation that we're in. Um, I really think, I really, really, really think, and I've said this for weeks now, that don't think that people quite get it in terms of how bad the, it's been for the Zerbi and for, for, for a lot of the squad. Like, it's really, really, really not an easy situation to be in. Um, like, the injuries we've had, and I know it sounds really ridiculous, but the injuries we've got are to every single one of our most significant players. So the team that we had last season is not this team. So I don't I don't think people are getting that bit in their heads when they think that we can just, yes, okay, we're going to keep trying to play our way. And maybe sometimes it's a little bit stubborn. But you don't want us to play any less than what we, I don't know. I just think that maybe you say the expectations have risen, but it doesn't mean that we have a meltdown as soon as we've got, what, a bunch of under twenty threes on the bench. Okay, we've got some quality, but when that quality isn't performing, there's no there's no one else. You know, you're on a you're on a you're on a thin a thin squad here. Um, so I think you know you're playing against tough top top opposition every single week with a, with a squad with that we've got. I just I just think it majorly discounts from so much of the position that we've been in. Not to mention the players we lost in the summer. Not to mention Deserby's sort of ways to adapt the team. He's had to go to back three for the last two or three months. And with that, we've had to sacrifice wingers. We haven't got any wingers. Um, we've not scored in the Premier League for three games because we've got no wingers. Our only outlets, as I said, for the game, whenever the game was before this one, not the Sheffield United one before that, um, we're obviously not going to score as many goals because the goal scorers aren't there. <laughs> Matoma's not there. Odinga is not there. So <laughs> instantly you've got no one to create something. You're not expecting seriously, come on now. That James Milner is going to come running past like Matoma can. It's not FIFA. Do you know what I mean? So this is what does my head in: is that people think, oh, we could just we could just put him out wide. It'll be all right. Like you know, put put Hitchwood on the right back. You know, he'd be all right. Okay, yeah, he's done well, but he's not. It's not Veltman, is it? It's not Lamptey. It's not Matoma. It's not Adingra. It's not Caicedo. It's not McAllister. So I think that people forget that we don't just. You can't just. Like that, put this player out wide, he's going to be fine. Just like last time, like last season. I remember when we played Luton last year, we were fine. Come on, come on. You know what I mean? Let's let's look at reality and think, yeah, okay, well, the club's in a really bad situation. It's only a matter of time before Deserby says this in a press conference, to be honest. So we've been in a tough situation. Let the players come back. We need a couple of players in the, in the January. I don't think it's going to happen now, but it has to. So that's where we're at. As we knew. The red flags. As we knew before. The red flags were Luton at home, to be honest. Remember when we got caught out by them quite a lot. We're thinking, God, 
if they had better attackers here, they would have finished a few of these chances and they might have scored four goals. And they, they did. They did last night. Um, Adabai, no, I've not even a butcher's name, sorry. But the Luton striker was very, very good. The one thing I'm not going to do, Andy, now, is call him Lakonga, uh, like you did, which is quite funny. He got absolutely cooked. He didn't delete the tweet, which was mental. He just left that up for everyone to see. Um, that, that, that was really good. That's really one of the highlights. Um, Luton have now scored more goals than Man United. So That's bad. a great one. <laughs> yeah, that did. Because my mate messaged me being like, has Lukonga scored three goals? And I was like, no, what the hell have you thought of that? And he sent me Andy Nair's tweet. I thought, bloody hell, what a howler. Um, but yeah, Man United have scored less goals in the Premier League than Luton now, so you're welcome for everyone else to laugh at that stat. Um, another funny tweet from um, 316 SimSim. This is hilarious because of Rob Edwards being really good looking and girls absolutely loving on Twitter now. They go, the Luton manager realised he has bad bitches watching his team now and told his players to pattern up. Okay, fair enough. And we got absolutely battered by a 10 out of 10 good looking man. So we got to hold our hands up and say we lost to the better man and a better looking man, I think. Um, anyone want to finish off with anything else other than that? Just got to beat Palace, don't we? You know, just got to have a good performance against them. I think, Palace. I think you know, lots of teams when they press Brighton, like Luton tried to do, Brighton play through them like a knife through butter. And I think they, Luton were an exception in my opinion, in the sense that they did it really well, and they were really aggressive, and they did it all game, and they bullied that midfield. I think other teams don't do it as well, and hopefully Palace won't, and hopefully they'll just set up completely wrong. I think the worry is they might sit back and Brighton will find that hard to break them down. But I back Brighton to go and get a result against against Palace personally. I think we will. Right. Yeah, pretty much that. Just 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 chill. Give it a couple of days. See what happens in the transfer window, as he said before. Um beat Palace for God's sake, because how we need to, for one. Um and just hopefully the right team turns up. Because um, I do think there's a portion of it's going to be mentality as well, that the capitulation has to be looked into as well, doesn't it? Let's face it. So um, hopefully that bounce back ability, which you've shown in the past, can come through. Um, I'm sure it will. Um, but yeah, I just would urge urge fans to read between the lines when you listen to Roberto talk and mm. listen to what he's saying. Because um, it's it's quite clear, I think, for the last couple of months that still people miss um, and then go and slate him and say he needs to be sacked. Um, Surely people quite obvious for me. But yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Roll uh, it's on been Palace. a weird couple of days. It has been a weird couple of days. Please Hopefully post Palace we'll be talking about a brilliant win, a, far, a win finally against Palace. I know we beat him last season at home, but uh, we, we, we are due a battering of Palace. We absolutely need to batter them sooner or later. Because, you know, you never know what Palace will look like next season. One all. We never know what they'll look like next season. They might have Potter and they they might batter us 5-0. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really hope he takes the England job. Not for England, just so he doesn't take the Palace job, to be honest, because we all know how that's going to turn out. Um, All right, cool. Um, After Palace, I think we've got Tottenham. I will be there. That'll be good fun. Um, Well, hopefully it'll be good fun. Yeah, I'll be there. We'll be able to celebrate. Be back on the way. We'll be able to celebrate a Palace win. Um, Thank you, boys, for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, we'll see you. Well, yeah, hopefully we'll get time to do a Palace preview because we really need to do that one. Um, and yeah, we'll see you Yeah, post-Palace after a massive victory at the Amex. Jeez.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.